0: Ahoy there. Yard. Flag and Furgan. You you mind if we uh, come up alongside, matey? Shall we pull up alongside
1: and board you? I'd like to tell you some sea shanties about the unexplained. This soul vessel be called Blurry Photos. Yar, and we hide the seas of the unknown. Yar. Into the maelstrom of understanding. <laughs> the sea, she asks more questions than she provides answers. Lashed to the mast of skepticism.
0: <laughs> morrowed in the <laughs> sloshy trough of untruth. <laughs>
1: this is awesome. That's, we were gonna do a whole podcast, but we're just gonna do this, this now for an hour. <laughs>
0: That's it. Maritime-laden metaphors <laughs> of the unknown. <laughs> well, I'm David
1: Flora, and I do declare myself to be David Stecco. <laughs>
0: Uh, and this is this is blurry photos. Yeah, you Welcome. did it. You found it. You you you, you are a master. Mm-hmm. We we have a we have a fun show for you this week. I think. Yeah,
1: this is this is. You're gonna have a lot of fun. We've got a a, a heartwarming Christmas
0: episode. That's right. Uh, I do want to take this time to apologize to you, dear listener. Because our equipment has been a a little bit dodgy lately and there may be parts of this episode that that are a little bit suspect to listen to but i encourage you to keep with us as we have tried to fix it and we will fix it in the future so here's a preemptive thanks for you but anyways if you're listening to this hooray no apocalypse if you're not listening to this then good luck proving the negative
1: We've all perished in any of the number of ways we already discussed. That's
0: right. We are either waiting to be judged or waiting to be resurrected. Mm-hmm.
1: Or being chased by demons or impregnated by reptiles or thrown into the void of our own self-consciousness.
0: I don't know. If if nothing happened, then that's too bad because I was really looking forward to a... Uh, conscious awareness for all of us
1: <laughs> if if i si- if i seem a little tense it's because i bought so many things for christmas on credit thinking that there's no way in hell i will ever have to pay this back
0: i wonder how many people actually did do that i think
1: more yeah i think that i think that that's gonna be a pretty
0: good do you think it was more people than what happened when the rapture guy predicted it what was his name uh, uh camping harold camping
1: I think so. I think but not a lot more. I mean, you have to be a pretty unique brand of lunatic. <laughs> is the word I was looking for to be like, "Nope, world's going to end." Not only is the world going to end, but I need to act irresponsible in response to it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh yeah, I I mean, people will do it. People are going to do dumb things cuz that's what that's what we as a society do. But I don't I don't think it's going to be like crazy town. I don't think it'll be a huge Number of
0: people. Yeah, well.
1: And honestly, of those people that do it, three quarters of them are just bad fiscal planners and they're going to blame the apocalypse. (laughs) Rather than just say, no, I'm just bad with my money. They'll be like, oh, I thought the world was going to end. Really thought I found a loophole there.
0: Yeah. And it might not put them too much out of the social norm, you know, because they uh, they they might not have had too much to begin with. They already,
1: yeah. Well, they spent so much money just on travel alone to the Cetacean transformation.
0: (laughs) With April and Bashar. (laughs) And
1: and Bashar. (laughs) I don't know why, but I always imagine Will Arnett just showing up with a bad goatee and saying, Hello, I'm Bashar. (laughs) and the final countdown still plays yeah oh man i was proven catastrophically wrong about one of my apocalyptic i guess i mean since no one really knows when we're gonna all die i guess i would be considered to have been making my own prognostication about when we're going to die or not okay Um, And I was all like, oh, well, you know, we have a pretty good uh, idea of all the near-Earth asteroids. You know, we have a a warning system. I'd say we're pretty safe from that. Ah, no, we're not. In order to prove me fantastically wrong, the universe was able to slide in an asteroid that gave us a whopping 48 hours notice before coming close enough to be between the Earth and the moon.
0: Before going
1: on about its uh, dirty, sinful business. (laughs) Now, I, I don't think this was like an extinction event. This was not the end of the world, but it was definitely a, a mess up a good size portion of real estate.
0: Well, wasn't it like three miles long or something? I have no idea how big it was. I, I could be making that totally up. <laughs> I I've got so much apocalyptic stuff in my head right now from that yeah. from that I episode. I I just
1: know how close it got to us and that uh and that I was like, Oh wow didn't you just get done saying how fantastically ridiculous it is to think that could happen so mea culpa, <laughs> i'm wrong, wrong. um uh, and i i'm so, i really hope that by now before this moment it had crossed your mind uh, maybe that dave stecko might be full of shit <laughs> <laughs> i hope i hope that at some point that thought has trickled through because it's entirely accurate <laughs> Uh, let's get let's get this this Yule tide sleigh ride on on the on the
0: trail. All right, on the rails, on the, on the sleigh trail. Yeah, okay. and I've already I've already kicked us off. That's right. We're gonna focus this episode on Yule, Yule tide, mm-hmm. Yule time, whatever you want to call it. Yule
1: log. It. I mean, not not to say I have a log. I mean, I don't have a log, not in the way you think I'm saying. I'm just I'm just trying to say it's like Christmas time. Is it? Is it hot in here? I'm sorry, but I just love Christmas vacation so
0: much it that is, I can't it is. not do that. It is such a great movie, that one and one that I think doesn't get played enough is Ernest Saves Christmas. What? Uh,
1: David Flores from Kentucky.
0: All right, look, that's all I'm saying. R.I.P. to uh, <laughs> Jim Varney. G- Jim Varney, a great comedic talent.
1: Yeah, I I'm, I'll give you that.
0: Know what I mean, Vern? Right.
1: <laughs> Now wait, so there's an Ernest Saves Christmas.
0: Oh yeah, there's an Ernest Does Everything.
1: <laughs> I know he goes to jail in one of them, which yeah. I thought was a bold move. Does he ever join the army? He
0: sure did. <laughs> oh God,
1: I, and that's a heartwarming Christmas movie. Oh Ernest okay. Saves yeah, Christmas? yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That one I think is the best Ernest movie, just uh, just quality wise. You know,
1: I mean, I trust your judgment. And I will watch it. If it's on Netflix, and I don't know where else I'd find it. If it's not on Netflix, I'll never see it.
0: Sorry. I could let you borrow the VHS tape.
1: <laughs> could you <laughs> could you uh, also let me borrow a VHS player?
0: <laughs> yes. But uh, anyways, Tales of the Unexplained! We'll get to it someday. The Yule, if, uh, if you're not familiar, everybody, you know, hears tide, Yuletide, Yul time right. around Christmas, around the holiday season, stuff like that. It's a time of the greatest darkness and the longest night of the mm-hmm. year. It occurs around the winter solstice, which is the shortest day of the year and uh, longest night. Yep. That's the moment when the Earth is at a point in its orbit where one hemisphere is most inclined away from the sun.
1: I think that it's a good thing that we should, this is this is a good PSA right here, that I don't think, it never happens. I never hear anybody say this, and this is my personal idea, that why isn't, why isn't that some kind of sexy holiday? Just the solstice? Yeah,
0: it's the longest night. Oh. <laughs> Take you advantage of it. Like, make that into, like, the like, new Valentine's Stico, Day. It could be, if you're Wiccan.
1: Ah!
0: Because they celebrate the hell out of it but they
1: don't make it into a sexy
0: um holiday and it
1: could Hmm. be we could make cards we could do a lot of stuff no
0: don't pretend the wiccans are having some awesome sex orgy because they're not i don't know if they would have awesome sex orgies all i'm saying a lot of wiccans are hot no
1: no they're not (laughs) that is a lie that is an abject lie do you no, no. You, what you're thinking of right now is the Ren Fair, where there's like a whole bunch of women wearing no midriff outfits, and those are not Wiccans. Those two old ladies in the corner wiping the grease on their own shirts from their chick their turkey legs. Those were the Wiccans, dude.
0: Dude, brosif, Save, saving those bones for rituals later.
1: Yeah, for casting later to determine if they'll go to Taco Bell or Chili's. Dude, no. All right, not ever going to capitulate on the subject. Wait, of all right,
0: you know this is a great opportunity here. If you're listening and you are a hot Wiccan, <laughs> uh, oh, email us. It's
1: you know what it, I don't envy your position because it's hard to not seem self-serving on this, but you are also trying to defend the honor of the Wiccans. <laughs>
0: Look, oh look man, I got an open mind. Yeah, and well, an open I heart. don't. And when you don't send any pictures in, I win by default.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Great. I, but I'm just saying, solstice, it's a long night. Yeah. Why not enjoy it? Why not make it a special evening? And you know what? Since no one else does it, you get
0: hipster points. Oh man. And and save those up because those will be worth something. You know Aww. what I mean? It was observed as a religious festival by early Germanic peoples, Mm -hmm. it was done as a celebration of a good harvest, sort of like how Samhain was. Now, Samhain and Yule are both on this wheel of holidays and times of the year that people, like Wiccans, pay attention to. And they also celebrated the short work days, because, you know, who wants to work? Right. That is a celebration in and of itself. Yeah, yeah. Now, the Yuletide celebration period lasted from around what is now mid-November through early January. So that's a that's a pretty good chunk of time to be celebrating. That's
1: awesome, and it's also a nice historical uh, underpinning towards when the
0: Christmas decorations come out. Yeah. And like I said, the winter solstice, which generally happens somewhere between the 19th and, and the 22nd of December, that's when they really buckled down and were like, this is what we're celebrating. Yeah. And then around this time is when you get your 12 days of Christmas starting up. Although it could start a little after that uh, because the 12 days goes into January. Twelfth night is actually in January. Uh, Twelfth night, like the Shakespeare play. Generally, people celebrated the first day of the 12 days and the last day, Twelfth night, Uh, you know, just so so everybody, (laughs) just so they could be like, I know when this is. I, yeah. I I know calendars. Well, I mean, you know, everyone knows
1: that the 12 days of Christmas is the most onerous of Christmas carols. So imagine having an actual 12 days of Christmas. I, I 100% support a first and last day approach to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even Jewish people are like, it's
0: eight days? <laughs> <laughs> so some of the things that are uh, common with the some of the traditions that have grown out of this... ...are the Yule Log, which we mentioned which we have covered. Mr. Chevy Chase. But that was a large, extremely hard log... <laughs> ...burned in a hearth. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even have to put that in there, but she did. Yep. It's true. It's a fact. Uh, it provided many superstitious benefits... Uh, including being a lightning charm in Germany, and prosperity and protection in Great Britain. Wait, a lightning charm? A lightning charm. To keep it away or attract it? I think to keep it away, to keep your place from being struck by lightning. Okay. There are a ton of superstitious beliefs for the Yule Log, uh, and they're all based on the region you come from. And it mattered, like, how you burnt it, uh, what part of it you saved, where you put it. Uh, things like that. There were all kinds of rules.
1: Yeah, well, and, and it's yeah. not only where you put the Yule log, but I mean, do you just jam it in there? I'm done. Just honestly don't even... Just eat. lay it in soft
0: on the longest <laughs> night of the year. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. I am just a giant baby. The Yule goat is another tradition. Originally, that I have not heard of. Yeah, originally it was sacrificed a la Thor's goats, Uh, Because Thor rode in a chariot pulled by two goats. And that morphed over the years into an ugly creature that scared children and demanded gifts. And then it morphed into an invisible creature that showed up to make sure that Yule preparations were done correctly. And that turned into a creature that gave gifts and then that sort of evolved into father christmas and that is how santa is related to the goat man well in some countries they still call him the yule goat the old yule goat yule goat <laughs> the old goat i like uh, that though that's i didn't know that santa yeah, not, santa used yeah. to be a goat this one uh not created in a lab unfortunately as far as you know as far as i know doesn't attack cars then we got uh, a yule boar which is similar, it was a sacrificial animal, but people swore oaths over it when they killed it, and then they cooked it and ate it. I swear,
1: by the corpse of this, Yule boar. bore.
0: <laughs> now, this is why some people say we have uh, ham at Christmas. Hmm. I mean, eh, whatever, that's good enough for me. Yeah, sure. Uh, then you get Yule singing, which is huasailing. Yes. And that's going door-to-door, singing, wishing goodwill and blessings in exchange for food and drink.
1: Sounds uh, very uh, uh, Souls nightish.
0: Yeah, right? Yeah, I was going to say that. Uh, a lot of people went out uh, door-to-door, basically begging.
1: <laughs> I, I'm, I'm already... It sounds like everyone had such a fun time with Samhain that they were like, You know what? Let's just do this again in a couple minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a
0: lot of similarities. Now, there's a lot of questioning out there about the old Christmas song, The Most Wonderful Time of the Year. Yeah. There's a lyric that goes, there'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. So, people are like, wait a minute, I actually listened to this lyric and there are scary ghost stories?
1: That don't make no sense. That don't make no
0: sense. This is a time of giving and loving. Mm Mm-hmm. False.
1: False. There's Uh, no time in which you are not just mere ethereal inches from the other plane.
0: (laughs) And you must be reminded. A lot of people wonder, where does that come from? Yeah. Why ghost stories at Christmas? Well, the short answer is nobody really knows. A lot of people hearken it back to 1800s Victorian England. This is around the time that you get Charles Dickens writing a Christmas carol. Mm -hmm. Uh, You get people gathered around the fire and uh, telling stories to each other, you know, for entertainment.
1: Yeah, I mean it's you 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 know there's there's the Dickens as the gold standard. Uh-huh. But there's this uh the all the research I did points to it being a very British thing. Yeah. Um that they just uh especially the late 1800s, mid to late 18 like people just got around on Christmas Eve and just told, told stories. Told ghost stories. And you know, and it's it's a long night, it's dark, it's you know, I I can see it. You know, we keep in mind that there's no blinking lights. There's no, you know, garlands and red ribbons everywhere. It was just another, you know, it was a a cold night. It was a a good time for it. Yeah.
0: So that's one belief of where it came from. Uh, I was able to find something a little bit older, too, that I like. It goes all the way back to pre-Christian Scandinavian countries. And to me, this one makes a little bit more sense. That is, if there are indeed ghost story traditions that are passed around. Honey, well,
1: I mean, they've already got the Christmas goat going for
0: him. So <laughs> the Yule goat. Yule goat. They uh, uh the Scandinavian folks I mentioned uh around this time of year they had a phenomenon called the wild hunt. This was an ancient folk myth about a group of phantasmal hunters with horses and hounds that blazed across the sky at night or just above the ground. Now, it was very bad luck if you saw this, and I'm talking bad luck up until the point of death in some cases. So,
1: finding a bunch of uh, undead huntsmen going on a hunt is bad luck. Right. Turns out that seeing a bunch of ghosts hell-bent on the death of something is bad luck. Not a good thing. Okay, yeah, yeah.
0: And around this time, supernatural activity was increased, and Draugr, or ghosts, were more active. And it makes sense, you know, this being the longest night of the year, you're probably going to get that veil between Earth and the afterlife is going to be thin, just like at um, Samhain. Yeah. In a lot of the myths, again, they, they vary depending on region, uh, you get the Norse god Odin, leading the hunt. And he would do this riding his eight-legged horse, Sleipnir. And some people think that this may be one of the very, very early roots of Santa Claus with his eight reindeer riding in a sleigh across the sky. He could have been so much more efficient if he had eight-legged reindeer. Yeah. But the wild hunt was definitely a scary thing. That people were worried about, you know, at the uh, beginning of winter. Don't get wild hunted. Don't do it. Now that, to me, is a pretty plausible origin to uh, having ghost stories as a tradition or being scared, you know, around the Yuletide season.
1: Yeah, exactly. I I think, you know, there's, there's, I I think that it's just a, a kind of an organic thing. I don't, you know, it makes sense.
0: Yeah. It kind of all fits together. And a lot of stuff from that time period has survived too. Uh for instance the Yule log, you know. Now the Yule Goat hasn't. The particularly, Yule Goat did
1: not stand the test of history. At least
0: not in the not in the States.
1: Everybody and and the Yule log shows up all kinds of weird places in uh, France. There's the Bouche de Noel, which yeah. is the log yeah.
0: shaped cake. That's right. So, we thought it might be fun on this episode to tell some more ghost stories.
1: Thunder sound! That's right.
0: It's about to get real. <laughs> yeah. So, get ready. We're about to throw a couple at you here.
1: Yeah, I know this was a curveball. You're probably with your family right now, sipping Nog, and going, This is going um, to be really heartwarming. I want you to hear this podcast. Yeah. Oh my God, what? You're going to terrify me with tales of ghosts? Yes, that's right. That's exactly. It. That's exactly how this ball's going to bounce. Yeah, we've got uh, we got some candles going here. We got a nice spooky vibe and some Christmas lights, mm-hmm. so that we're not too terrified. Mm-hmm. And this is where I, I hand the uh, the reins of this Yule sleigh, this goat pulled eight legged Yule sleigh over to you, David. All right,
0: I'm going to start us out with a story called Skiing, Skiing Vacation. Vacation.
1: Terror sound right now.
0: Horse of terror. Remember him? (laughs) Two men from Colorado went on a skiing vacation in the mountains. They brought cameras and a camcorder with them so they could take pictures and shoot video. They were staying in a remote log cabin miles away from anyone else. After they had spent a few days there, the weather turned bad and they realized they were going to get stuck on the mountain until the weather cleared. To make matters worse, one of the men had an accident while skiing and was very badly injured. The other man tried to radio for help, but there was no reception and within hours his friend was dead. The man was stranded alone on the mountain, unable to contact anyone and unable to leave because of the bad weather conditions. He took his friend's body outside and buried it under the snow. That night, he went to bed hoping that someone would notice that he was missing and called the authorities. He was worried he would starve to death before he was rescued. The following morning when the photographer awoke, he was horrified to find that his friend's dead body was lying beside him in the bed, its cold dead arms wrapped tightly around him. The man couldn't figure out what had happened. Terrified. He carried the body of his friend outside and buried it again in the snow. But the following morning, the same thing happened again. And the morning after that. By this time, the poor man was almost out of his mind with fright. He decided to set up his camcorder on a tripod and videotape himself sleeping at night. That way, he would finally find out what was going on during the night. The next morning... He awoke again to find the frozen corpse clutching him. He got out of bed, shivering and shaking, and started to watch the video that had been recorded. What he saw on that video still haunts him to this day. The man watched with mounting terror as a dark figure left the cabin. Minutes later, the figure returned, carrying the corpse. The figure got into the bed and wrapped the arms of the corpse around itself. He couldn't believe what he was seeing. The dark figure was none other than the man himself. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Okay. That's
0: more creepy, less ghosty.
1: Very creepy. And he kept going after his buddy's corpse? Yep. I mean, what is that? I don't know. That is super creepy. So... I would have set the camcorder up after the first time.
0: Yeah, wonder if they ever got him. <laughs> didn't say. Yeah, does not say. There's a lot of lot of questions in this one. A lot of, you know what?
1: Uh, blurry photos essay contest. <laughs> Let us know what happened. Right up the following chapter, of that of that terrifying tale of two guys skiing in Colorado.
0: So uh, you you've been skiing in Colorado, right? Yes, I have. Has that ever happened to you? I didn't like it. I mean, n- I didn't ask no, if liked no,
1: it. no. I wouldn't. I didn't. He was already dead. Didn't matter. I didn't. This podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, All right. So okay. you, you you got one for us? Of course I do. Of course I do. This one is called "On The soft thud of following footsteps echoed behind him as he hurried through the snowflakes toward home. They kept pace with him, quickening when he quickened, slowing when he slowed. It was creepy! His flesh crawled at the sound and he sped up, cursing himself for walking home alone from the midnight Christmas mass. What? Mass? No, it's just like... I knew I was putting myself at risk for going to church. <laughs> why would I go home alone? <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> I knew it. Okay. Normally, not a pious man, the middle-aged bachelor had suddenly been struck by a wish to hear the old Christmas songs sung once again by a choir. Why do
0: we? Ne- why do we need to know that he's a bachelor?
1: I don't know. Maybe I, mean, I guess that'll come maybe up, it's gonna. Oh, you know what? My guess. That he, that we have to know that he's by himself. That there's, that he's all... That just,
0: for f sake, just say he's by himself. Oh, alright. I'm sorry, keep going. He's
1: gotta be lonely, too. I mean... <laughs> oh, that's true. I, I, it, I'm, sh- I'm sure that in this ghost story, all of the loose ends will be tied up.
0: Oh, I, have a, I have full faith and confidence. And he had walked across
1: town to attend the service. Now he regretted his choice again.
0: <gasps> Why did I go to
1: church? Damn it! <laughs> now he regretted his choice as he passed dark house after dark house on the snowy night, and the footsteps ever followed. He sped up until he was nearly running and skidded into his street. A few more paces brought him to the bottom of his front steps, and as he dashed up them, he suddenly realized that the following footsteps had ceased abruptly. He glanced behind him at the cross street from which he had just turned and saw only one pair of footprints in the snow-covered street where there should have been two. Jesus, is that you again? (laughs) I was having a hard time walking home. Those were the times when I was scaring you! (laughs) He frowned in puzzlement, and then he shuddered as a cold breeze struck him, driving snow against his collar and slamming him against the door. Almost, it seemed to pass through the door, but that was superstitious nonsense. Idiot. (laughs) Dummy. His His hand was shaking as he unlocked the front door and hurried inside. He expected darkness, but was delighted to see the yellow glow of firelight coming from his study doorway upstairs. Must have been the yule log. Ah, uh, has anyone ever come home and are delighted to see the yellow light of fire? <laughs> his old housekeeper, whom he thought firmly asleep in her attic bedroom, must have lit the fire pending his return. He shrugged out of his coat and paused for a moment, amazed to find it still warm and dry, though he had walked more than a mile through a snowstorm. It was almost as if he'd been walking in a bubble of calm air. although was he rem- Jesus. What? It was Jesus. He was Jesus. Those are the times when he scared him. Maybe it was like one of those really like like super sweet pencil, you know, like those pencil sketches that like recovering people do of like oh, yeah. Jesus taking the needle in the arm. This one's like Jesus holding the umbrella. <laughs> I don't know. I think we're just being oh heroin f- Jesus. Oh, yeah, exactly. Thanks for helping. <laughs> uh, let's see where were we? Sorry. Bubble of calm air. Uh, Though he remembered the soft snowflakes hitting his face when he first stepped out of the church Before the mysterious footsteps began His shudder was interrupted by a shout of greeting as his old friend Andy came hurrying out of the study His whole face lit up in a grin at the unexpected surprise The two men shook hands heartily and retreated back to the warmth of the firelight Talking so fast they stumbled over each other's words Oh fools (laughs) Good friends I broke into your home and lit a fire. Welcome! Andy had left town two years ago to take a government job in D.C., and they hadn't seen each other since. Now, see, I like these details on a story because up till this moment, this story could have been in 1610 or the year 30,000. Yep. So it's a government job in D.C. sometime in the last 200 years. That
0: explains how he got in the house.
1: Yep. Nearly an hour passed before it occurred to him that his guest might be hungry. His offer of a meal was instantly accepted, but Andy was unwilling to leave the comfort of the fire to eat in the kitchen, so he jogged downstairs alone to fetch some food. He didn't wonder at his friend's reluctance to join him in the kitchen. Why would he? He had only broken into his home and started lighting things on fire. <laughs> Andy looked very pale and kept shivering with cold as they talked. He hoped his friend wasn't ailing for anything. So a weird use of frame. A few moments later, he was back with warmed-up meat and potatoes and a couple of glasses of beer, apologizing profusely as he handed Andy a plate for the mismatched dinnerware.
0: Oh, man. Do you now, mean, yeah, remember when I had you Not having a fire already lit is right. one thing. Yep. Mismatched dinnerware. Oh, I learned that
1: lesson. I tried to give that to you once, and you smacked the plate of food out of my hand.
0: And I stormed out, mm-hmm. to which you threw salt after me, and I didn't come back for a long time. <laughs>
1: Okay, we're gonna get through this terror somehow.
0: We're good at this. We're good. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Getting through.
1: Andy just laughed and hunkered down to eat. When they were both finished, he showed his friend to a guest room and then tumbled into his own bed to sleep, all his apprehension caused by mysterious footsteps forgotten in the visit of his friend. He jumped out of bed Christmas morning and dashed immediately downstairs to his guest room to rouse his friend. <laughs> but Andy wasn't there. "'and the bed had not been slept in. "'That was odd. "'He ran down to the study, but Andy wasn't there either, "'and one plate of food was sitting on the end table "'beside his old friend's chair. "'It was completely untouched, "'though he'd seen Andy eating from it the night before. "'Skin creeping at the thought, "'he ran to the kitchen and asked his housekeeper "'if she'd seen Andy, "'but the housekeeper had seen no one "'either the previous night or this morning.' He flopped down on the bottom step of the staircase, completely baffled. Where had Andy gone? And where was his wallet? (laughs) Okay, I made that part up. (laughs) It was a mystery that plagued him all Christmas Day, and he did not enjoy his holiday dinner at all, a fact that annoyed his housekeeper. (laughs) Well, she worked really hard on it.
0: Seriously, she lives in the attic.
1: Yeah, come on, man. He was awakened the next morning from a restless sleep by the sound of the front doorbell. He stumbled out of bed and was splashing water from the bedside pitcher onto his sleepy eyes when a knock came at the bedroom door. When he answered, his housekeeper handed him a telegram that had just arrived. As she hurried back downstairs to the be- singing telegram, <laughs> <laughs> a sexy Christmas telegram, special delivery
0: from your friend Andy. <laughs> I am the singing telegram. Blam.
1: as she hurried back downstairs to prepare his breakfast he opened it curiously not knowing who would be telegraphing him so urgently when he read the telegram he started to tremble the message was short and to the point Andy's family regretted to inform him that his old friend Andy had passed away on Christmas Eve in his home in Washington DC he sat down hard on the bed the telegram fluttering away from his hand it must have been Andy who followed him home on Christmas Eve. That would explain the eerie footsteps and the dry coat in the middle of the snowstorm. He'd spent Christmas Eve with a ghost. ghost.
0: <laughs> How does that explain the the dry coat?
1: Um everybody knows walk with a ghost coats like toast. that's if not you never heard that before? Part- different- <laughs> Everybody knows
0: that. <laughs> but I'm I'm uh, pretty impressed that you came up <laughs> <laughs> like toast. Walk with a ghost. <laughs> Coat like toast.
1: Yeah, old people mutter it all the time. <laughs> uh so that that's a that's a spooky haunted Christmas. Yeah, not bad, not bad. No. Yeah. And 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 not Entirely terrifying, you know? It's almost heartwarming. Yeah. I find it uh, odd that the first topic of conversation wasn't... I'm so glad you're here because this creepy mofo was following me all the way home from the church. Yeah. Also, why am I afraid to go to church? (laughs) Ah, so dumb. I didn't arrange a security escort.
0: Andy, your sister's still single? (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that's another thing, like... It's Midnight Mass, like everyone goes to that. It's not like he exits the church and it's Ghost Townsville. Yeah.
0: If uh if you died on on Christmas Eve with your family, would you would you come do one more podcast with me?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> and you had better I swear to God I will haunt your miserable existence if you bring me mismatched dinnerware. <laughs> I will lose my shit. <laughs>
0: I've got Christmas themed dinnerware, so oh, you'll be getting well, ooh enjoyed. la la! I know where I'm <laughs> spending my last evening on this mortal plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, although I might serve you drink in a an Avengers cup. Oh, that's even better. I consider that to be formal dinnerware.
1: <laughs> so yeah, that's that's one of my that's that's a haunted Christmas story. Great. Let's, uh, let's switch gears for a second here because I'm getting the heebie-jeebies and I used to have a warm, cozy feeling about Christmas, but now I just think it's just an orgy of the damned crawling out of their graves to harass me on, on Christmas Eve. It, it's, it's all of that and more because <laughs> uh,
0: this break is not going to give you what you want. <laughs> I'm going to tell you about uh, uh, a guy that a lot of people may not have heard of, but he's a pretty big deal in, uh, in Europe right now and I think he's he's getting to be known more here in the States, uh, a fellow by the name of Krampus.
1: Would that be Unterslacht Krampus, the uh, German finance minister?
0: No, oh. but uh, but he is uh, Germanic. The Krampus is a beast-like...
1: Oh, it's the Krampus, the not... The Krampus. Oh, I love
0: this. ...is a beast-like enforcer of St. Nicholas from Alpine folklore. He's a fur-covered cloven hoofed creature with goat horns and a long pointed tongue that lolls out. He carries chains and bells of various sizes and often carries rootin, which is a bundle of birch switches, and he has a wash tub or sack strapped to his back.
1: So, wait, so in Germany, Santa Claus has a
0: beast enforcer? Well, Saint Nicholas, at least. But yeah, for all intents and purposes.
1: The Crumpus.
0: Uh, this guy is like the um, the counterpart to Saint Nicholas. So you know how Saint Nicholas uh, rewards nice children. Uh uh-huh. Well, he has the Crumpus to punish naughty ones. Oh, I love that. Crumpus is a derivation of uh, an old German word for claw, and he would place coal in uh, naughty kids' stockings, or if they're a little a uh, little bit worse than naughty he would take a few presents from them. If they're even more naughty than that... Like you, how can you get more naughty than that? If they were, if they were particularly bad kids, he'd swat them with the rootin' and throw them in his sack to take them away to drown or eat or to live with him in hell. <laughs> he just gets to do what he wants? I mean, they have to be naughty kids. Like, really bad kids. Yeah. But is, what do you, does he, like, just take
1: a good long look at them and go, well, You're an eater. You're oh, an eater. I,
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know, I don't know what he de, how he decides. Are you saying that those are three different versions? Or, like, he, each kid, like, he spins um, the, the tri wheel? Depending on, depending on the region, I, I think people have different outcomes of, of what he does to children. Oh, and, my God, the
1: Krumpus.
0: And probably, depending on how much the parent wants to scare the kid... Is is uh, uh, what he'll do to the kid, <laughs> you know? If they're bad, the, the the thing about this guy is he's he's all over the place in in uh, folklore over there, and he's got all kinds of different names and stuff. And you know, it, each one it's kind of like like I was saying with the superstitions with the Yule log. Mm-hmm. Um, he he's got a lot of uh, uh, variations on either you know what he looks like or what what he does. And uh, Krampusnacht falls on December fifth. Which is the night before the feast of Saint Nicholas, and that's when Krampus came to dole out punishment.
1: Oh my God! That first of all, I'm pissed that I missed Krampus knocked.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm pissed because today uh, the popular thing is to do a a Krampuslaufen, which is uh,
1: (laughs) all the kids.
0: (laughs) That's like a Stefan joke.
1: Krumpus and is Chicago's hottest new thing,
0: <laughs> but that but people will dress up as Krumpus and go around scaring the shit out of kids. And, oh my god! So, I want that here. Yeah, it's it's a thing to to get drunk and and be silly too. Crump it up, crump it up. Yeah. So the, and and they make cards like greeting cards that are you know kind of funny, just saying greetings from Krumpus and it's got like a, a the Krumpus... Are they warnings ch- to bad child. people, or is it just as good as a Christmas card? It's, it's just as good as a Christmas card. It, it's, it's just like saying happy holidays. People are like, oh, I got a Krampus card. Har, har, har.
1: Oh, okay. So it's
0: like, ah, you're
1: the dickens. I got
0: you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> but like, we uh, have so much to learn about Krampus. I want this to be incorporated into our
0: Christmas as fast as possible. Yeah, Krampus is, uh, is silly. There's uh, the artist Brahm. Uh, a really, really cool artist. He does stuff for, like, Wizards of the Coast. Mm-hmm. He just, I think, wrote a book uh, based on Krampus called The Yule Lord. And and he did the illustrations for it, too, and stuff. And it, it looks really cool. I'm going to look into to getting that. But... Oh, my gosh. We'll have to write Krampus carols?
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Holiday songs about punishing and drowning children? I'm. You know what? I take it back. I'm glad I missed it because I would have tried to just get everything fit in there in time. Yeah, and I wouldn't have done as good a job. And I now have a full rich year mm-hmm. to prepare for Knocked.
0: Yeah, uh, Krampus is hilarious. I, I think.
1: And we're gonna sing Krampus carols
0: next year. Well, I'll tell you what. I I have a uh, version of the night before Christmas that uh, an author by the name of Clement Gore has has adapted. To be the Krampus night before Christmas, which I will now regale you with. Please do. <laughs> Twas the night before Christmas, the town covered in ice. The cat was out hunting for plump harvest mice. The stockings were hung by the chimney with fright. Krampus would soon be there that night. The children were scared and awake in their beds. While nightmarish visions loomed o'er their heads, we were like prey caught in a trap and could not settle down for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a splat, I sprang to the floor to see what was the matter. Away to the window I crept very slow, slid open the drapes, spied a murder of crows, The crimson-red moon on the breast of the snow gave a stain of dried blood to the objects below. When what to my watering eyes should appear but a jet-black sleigh and eight sinful reindeer? (laughs) With a grisly old driver with sharp horns and long claws, there's no way that this beast could be Santa Claus. More rapid than owls that dive on their prey. He howled and he roared, and I heard him say, Now slasher, now wrathful, now gorgon and putrid, On cyclops, on rabies, on goner and blitzkrieg. To the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, now swoop away, creep away, slither and crawl. As dry leaves from torn trees, the wild cyclones spin. "'Ripping up shingles, flying in sin, "'so down to the housetop the cursors they flew "'with a sleigh full of booty and Krampus, too. "'And then, in a dimming, I heard on the roof "'the scraping and pawing of each bony hoof. "'Each of his nails scratched brick and made sand. "'In a pile full of dust, with a thud, he did land. "'His claws were long and the tips touched the floor, The wood that they scraped splintered and tore. Mortar and ash clung to his nails. His fingers were swollen, frostbit, and pale. The teeth in his mouth were as sharp as a pin. His cheeks, skin and bone, his nose long and thin. His devilish horns were drawn up like a bow, and the beard on his face was as black as charcoal. He was dressed in roadkill from his head to his toes, and his clothes were stained red from skinned bucks and does. Jesus! An empty birch basket was flung over his back, and he was a peddler opening his sack. The stump of his pipe was made from a moose, and the smoke it encircled his head like a noose. He had pus-colored eyes, and we dared not to look. We terribly feared this soot-covered crook. He was brawny and cruel, a wrong, evil old elf, and I screamed when I saw him in spite of myself. No wink from his eye, scratching lice from his head, soon gave me to know I had something to dread. He wrecked our halls and filled up his sack with bad girls and boys and other knick-knacks. He spoke not a word as his beast did his work. He put coal in our stockings, then he turned with a jerk. His serpent-like tongue hung out of his jaw, and giving a cackle, up the chimney he crawled. He stomped onto his sleigh, to his team gave a slur, and ripped up the roof like removing a burr. And I heard him exclaim as he drove out of sight, A bad Christmas to all, and to all a dark night. Crompus is pretty metal. <laughs> yeah, he really is. I think there's a metal band called Crompus too. And, and if there I'll isn't, think. there is now.
1: <laughs>
0: Wasn't that great? That's that a, is awesome. That was a great ap- adaptation I found out there. I like like what what does a reindeer do
1: to to be sinful? Be called what, putrid. What is it? What be is named? a sinful life to a reindeer? <laughs> oh man, that was I was really into that.
0: Yeah, uh yeah, so Krampus, you guys, uh um beware of him. Yeah, watch out. Don't He'll don't get you. Uh, yeah, don't be don't be naughty. Krompus is coming for you.
1: Um, I have I also have an alternative Christmas version. Now this you will never hear about anywhere anywhere, because it's just uh some people that we grew up with, friends of my sister's mostly, had an alternative Santa Claus that showed up in July. He was hmm. like Auntie Santa and Annie Sandy Annie Sani. he was a skinny man named Ugenspa who would sneak into the house at night and if you were good he would leave you candy and if you were bad he would take your favorite toy
0: oh a and, jag.
1: and yeah and and Ugenspa was a very real deal to these kids and i don't I don't know if it's something that the parents made up or mm-hmm. just the because they had like six kids this family I don't know if the older kids made it up to just to with the younger kids, yeah, but it was a life like as long as we knew them, like in in July, Ugen Spot time, like it was a real thing, and they they genuinely would like worry about Ugen <laughs> That's
0: great. <laughs> wow, that that's a good way to make sure that the uh, the niceness of your children uh, keeps going through the whole year. Oh yeah, because I mean, dude, I mean December twenty sixth. <laughs> I'm gonna go
1: gut a cat because I got what I needed out of this. Right, but you know what though? I noticed like the the Krampus knocked being on the fifth. That's that's 20 days. There's a 20 day window from when the threat of punishment is gone to well, when the
0: gifts arrive. I'll tell you what. There, I did see something that that said he would also take kids uh, down to the South Pole to his uh, ice caves to work and make toys for the good kids, and then bring them back on uh, before Christmas. Oh, so like they... a
1: 20-day work rotation. Yeah,
0: but the thing is, it was elf time. So to the kids, they've been there for years and years. And then they come back, and it's just been the 20 days. Oh, that's particularly insidious. <laughs>
1: well played, Oh, Crumpus, uh, you old goat. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: he's burnt goat. Oh yeah. man,
1: I like that. I like. I like. That was a lot of
0: uh, holiday cheer. Yeah, That's silly stuff. Well, uh, I think uh, let's let's call that uh, let's call that an episode. And yeah, and, uh, I um, mean you can't beat a Krampus. Don't <laughs> in Russia, Krampus beat you <laughs> <laughs> with Ruten. Let's let's get some puns in here. Yeah, let's do some puns. Why don't you lead it off, Mister Flora? Well, I have a winter folk dance mm-hmm. called the Yule Clog. Oh, that's terrible that is I you know what I let off with that one so I didn't have to... <laughs> You'll clog I've
1: got uh, I've got a product uh, marketed towards kids in late November it's uh, <laughs> Uncle Scratchy's Krampus bait <laughs> it is actually a uh, a life size doll so that the Krampus you can be as bad as you want the Krampus will seize the doll it's Krampus bait yep it's not a pun, but it's an important product because I enjoy important products.
0: Uh, Uncle
1: Scratch's Krampus Bait. Do whatever you want all year. Uncle Scratch has you covered. <laughs> oh, that's great. I just like the phrase Krampus Bait. <laughs> it's
0: it's the scapegoat of the holidays. Oh! Great. See, you're better at it than that. Oh, whatever. All right. Um, so my next one is an escort service. Oh, this is going to be so great. Called... Humpus.
1: <laughs> they all still have cloven hoofs and long claws. Yeah, yeah. Humpus. All right. I <laughs> terrible. Okay, I've got one. Uh, I think that people have seen the Nutcracker for far too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is a new holiday musical that you can see, and it's called it's it's very percussive. There's a lot of a lot of beats in it, mm-hmm. and it's called Cromp.
0: <laughs> i get it
1: yeah uh, yeah yeah i i see what i see what, what you, you were there. trying to get done they
0: there. uh they they take the uh the birch yeah. baskets off their and they back do, yeah and, they tie them to their feet and, and they start them. going clonk <laughs> their sticks are are birch yeah s- switches
1: uh awesome and your admission is free if you just they're having a child drive just bring a kid
0: <laughs> bring a kid leave put them put them in the bin yeah Preferably canned, but if you can't get it canned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it all helps. It all helps. Uh, so that's um that's Yule the Yule tide in in a in a scary nutshell.
1: That's what Christmas means to us.
0: <laughs> a scary winter nutshell. Oh, that's awesome. And Krampus. yeah. Everybody everybody make that uh make that happen. Absolutely, yeah. Like spread the Krampus. And and most importantly,
1: have yourself a very terrific Christmas.
0: Yeah, uh, have it. Uh, have a happy New Year. Yeah, and you yeah? can have.
1: You can also enjoy uh, a uh, a rockin Hanukkah. Yeah, um, crazy Kwanzaa. Um, and I don't know. You tell me, Floor. What are the Wiccans up to? I want them to have fun. Well, have a yeah. Wiccans have a cool Yule. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, I, I also want you to have a cool Yule. I'm not against you Wiccans. <laughs> it's just you're not hot. I I think they can prove you wrong. I don't... don't let me down. <laughs> hot Wickens don't let me down. I'm I'm in a great situation. I, I'm in a win win because either I'm right or we meet some hot Wiccans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well played. Yeah. So that's I'm I'm doing all right. My Christmas is off to a great start.
0: Make make the Yuletide uh happy uh, by visiting blurryphotos dot org mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and uh getting to our Facebook page and liking that. All we want for Christmas is reviews and likes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, review us on iTunes, uh radius and, and all that good stuff. Mm. Follow us on Twitter, blurry underscore photos. Yep. We actually have uh, some feedback. I love feedback. Oh, oh man. thank, thank God. We have some feedback from our Aleister Crowley episode.
1: Whoa! So that's hey, welcome up. aboard. No, I love it when people start over or just start,
0: <laughs> or just start. Period. Yeah. Hey, so the the comment uh, uh, that, that we were left comes from listener Oliver, uh, and Oliver says, "Do what thou wilt" does not mean "do what you want." It means follow your true will in life. Doing what you're truly meant to do in life in order to attain happiness slash love. People that are not following their true will are miserable but don't know why. That's cool. Uh, He also says, also, the Barbara Bush connection is a myth. Hmm. And tell Dave number two that A.C. Alistair Crowley's name is pronounced Crowley. I'm going to take issue on two points here. First uh, of all, uh, uh, I'm uh, going to let you finish. Oliver also says uh, that he blames Ozzy for that. For, for uh, oh. the Ozzy Osbourne song.
1: Well, here's what I take issue with. First of all, since when am I the secondary day? When did that happen? <laughs> oh no, I get that. That actually makes perfect sense. <laughs> uh, second of all, yeah, sorry, I said it wrong. That's just me being dumb. I don't even I don't even listen to Ozzy Osbourne, so I I don't even have that crutch to fall onto.
0: What's too bad is that those are two mistakes in one episode that that you one you called yourself out on. And yeah. one that one of our dear listeners has called you out. Well, of. I imagine
1: that I could make two mistakes in an episode without anything happening to me whatsoever. I imagine there's probably no negative consequence of that, right?
0: But there is. Oh no. We we are instituting something called the penalty box. Oh no. Where <laughs> we have we put the headphones on the offending podcaster. Yep. And uh, the offending podcaster has to listen uh, through the headphones as we record, and because we're such a ghetto setup, this does not bode well for said podcaster because there's such a delay in what comes through the mic and goes to the headphones.
1: It is the most crippling thing. We, We mess with this every single time we're setting up to record because... This part of your brain says, no, I can overcome this weird fractional second delay, but it doesn't. It makes you incapable of speaking clearly. Uh, side effects include prolonged vowel sounds and slurred speech. I'm not joking. Uh, so, all right, I'm going in the penalty box. Headphones are on. Uh, okay. There are, there's a little,
0: uh,
1: yep. Okay. I placed the headphones on. I am in the penalty box you can't
0: speak
1: David Flora is selecting a monologue from monologues for the young young actor they <laughs> just said yeah young actor the delay is pre-
0: pretty good
1: it's pretty good
0: yeah uh good let me find a uh, let me find a good one here oh I'll, I'll... man but you know this
1: just encourages people to point out when we make mistakes
0: uh, I'm fine with that <laughs> All right, here's a monologue from The Glass Menagerie. <laughs> Stecco will be performing the the role of Tom in this.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: What are you thinking I'm at?
1: Aren't I supposed, Aren't I supposed to have any patience to reach the end of Mother? I know, I don't know. It seems so important to you. <laughs> this is so hard. But I'm doing what I want to do. (laughs) Having a little difference between them. You don't think that? No, wait. Listen. You think I'm crazy about the warehouse? (laughs) You think I'm in love with the continental shoot makers?
0: I sound drunk. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) All right, you can come out of the penalty box. Thank
1: (laughs) God. Oh, man that is so so hard to do it makes you sound like you're completely trash
0: it's it's true that's but that's what happens uh (laughs) from now on that's that's the horror
1: of the penalty box
0: if if we mess up too much
1: i'm trying to speak now because i thought like what if somebody thinks no they just got me drunk and then i had to record or something no no no,
0: that's just having headphones on and that's the penalty box thanks and send us send us some feedback send us some yes. mail or something yeah get us get it keep the puns coming thank you punners. yeah keep puns coming and if you if you have any suggestions for anything you'd like us to cover in the in the near future in the, the new, new year we've got a whole year of this stuff people so yeah we're, we're gonna we're gonna keep plugging along here like we do so for this episode of Blurry Photos I have been the Wiccan-loving David Flora And I shall
1: remain the wicked skeptical David Stecko.